You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Inside Acting. My name is Albert Meyer. And my name is Trevor Elgott. And on this podcast, we attempt to crack the code of success in the entertainment industry one conversation at a time. And to that end, we bring on casting directors, directors, managers, actors, writers, and people who do all of the above. And <laughs> That's true. Bring those interviews to you. Yeah, and uh, as always, Albert and I um, don't pretend to know everything. You know, we are actors, and we've been working in this industry for a little while in Los Angeles, but we don't know all aspects of it, and uh, we are certainly open to discussion. So if you have uh, some things you want to add to the the, uh, the conversation, uh, there's a bunch of different ways to get in touch with us. Um, just hit up our website, InsideActingPodcast.com, to find out all the different ways you can get your voice on the podcast and... and uh, and really just throw in your two cents, because um, the more voices we have, kind of getting information out there, the better. Yes, lots of resources. And that's actually what the next couple of episodes are all about. So in this episode, we have part two of Trevor's interview with Tony Rago, uh, who you heard in episode 17. Um, so this is part two of that that interview. And next week, we will be having a very sort of odd, interesting interview. Yeah. If, if we can call it an thing. interview. It's more of like a... I guess it is an interview. It's just not a spoken uh, interview. Voice interview. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we are going to uh, discuss uh, today a lot of different um, blogs that yeah. Trevor and I have sort of stumbled across. And if you have more uh, ones that you would like to add to the conversation, please, please, please leave a comment on the website or send us an email or send us a voicemail with uh, uh, your blog, a friend's blog, a blog that you read for inspiration or for um, you know acting tips and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, we can talk about them on the podcast and, of course, post them on the website. So yeah. um, let's just go ahead and uh, jump right in. Yeah, for sure. Um, you've, you've got one right off the bat, right? Uh, i got a couple. Um, well, first of all, theworkingactress.blogspot.com. I mean, yeah. I know we just mentioned that, but she's a uh, great, great resource and and. You can tell by the way she writes, she's a very successful actor, whoever she is. Um, mm-hmm. And so... And she doesn't name drop. That's my favorite part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's not in there dropping, you know, big actor names. She just talks about working and mm-hmm. her life. Yep. And yep. it's a very simple kind of everyday life, except when she's traveling to countries to work on these big projects. But she's <laughs> not She's not dropping like Tom Hanks and Steven Soderbergh and all that stuff. Yeah. She just... Very, very mature blog. <laughs> <laughs> and not in that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, creeper. Um, Sorry. No. You know what uh, I mean. So I recently stumbled across this one um, called knockemdeadacting.com. So it's... Uh, anyway, we'll, I'm not going to spell it out. We'll put it on the website. But Knock'em Dead Acting. Um, it's uh, maintained by <clears throat> this woman named uh, Holly Venable. And she wrote a book actually called Knock'em Dead acting uh or and, and and on her blog she talks about not only uh acting tips but also audition tips and uh you know uh, different ideas uh, so check out her website uh knockemdeadacting.com um, that's interesting kind of stumbled across it uh because another actor was looking at it and i said what are you looking at so um it's uh 
it's uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. Um, although you know she is there to kind of uh, plug her book, so. You know, as is we it, always say on the podcast, make sure you take everything with a grain of salt. Is that a book about acting technique or is it about marketing type stuff? Well, it's the the subtitle for the book is A Revolutionary Technique for Creating Irresistible Characters. Okay. So I'm assuming it's about acting yeah, it and not like about acting. the business. Yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, so um, cool. some good stuff there. So check that out, knockemdeadacting.com. And uh, you have a couple, right, Trev? I have two that I wanted to mention. One was an article from a, a magazine called Essence uh, that a friend forwarded to me. And it's just about putting in your, the work as an actor, like really looking at it as a job and putting in the 40 hours. And, and she makes an interesting analogy between running a marathon and training to run a marathon and training to r- do an acting career. And she says, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to run a marathon, you've got to train by running. And if you're going to, do an acting career. You've got to train by acting, mm-hmm. and and she, I don't know, I don't want to give away the article, but it's it's some interesting little insights. It's not a long article, but there's a lot that's implied by it that you can really take away. So we'll post that on the website too. But it's called "You Better Work." B e t t a. You better work. You better work. Uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but. Um I just want to pimp uh, uh, Ben Whitehair's blog again. Yeah, it's a really good. Ben does a really good job with that. Yeah, well, all three of them do. Um, I don't know the other actors, obviously, and I, may, I don't know if they listen to the podcast or not. But um, uh, Playbills versus Paying dot uh, com, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Ben is the uh, Los Angeles contingent, and then there is a uh, actor in Chicago and an actor in New York, and the three of them all contribute to this one blog, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> very cool, very uh, sort of interesting uh, in the trenches type type writing. Yeah. Um, um, a friend of mine uh, named Tom uh, Christensen, who's also an actor, um, maintains a blog that you know he he's a writer and an actor, and he, and and his blog kind of spans uh, you know a whole bunch of different stuff. But uh, he posted this one blog, and we'll put a link to it on the website as well. Um, and he, uh, he was talking to me about it and he said, Hey, you know what you could put, you could talk about this on the podcast because other, our listeners can contribute to this, uh, essentially what is essentially a list. Yeah. So on his blog, what he's done is he's through conversations he's had, uh, with his friends through casting director workshops that he's gone to. Um, he's essentially put together this list of casting directors who have brought in him his friends, friends of friends, people who have actually brought people in for an audition after they've gone to the casting director workshop. Yeah. So in other words, if you're wondering like, oh, should I go in for this person? Does this casting director bring people in for auditions after the casting director workshops? Am I wasting my money? So on and so forth. There's a list literally of the casting director the shows that they cast and the source, in other words, what sh- what casting director workshop they go to. So like Go Go Talent or One on One, and you can go there and uh, to to this link and see this list um, that that he's put together. And um, he was the reason. One of the reasons he asked me to talk about it on the podcast was so that other people would actually go onto the website and contribute. So you can leave a comment there and <clears throat> just. Tell him if you or a friend or someone has actually been brought in for an audition um, uh, based on going to a casting director workshop. That's great because we talked about this in previous episodes, Mm -hmm. how it's very easy to get to feel like you're getting ripped off. 
at these cast director workshops? Um, a, because maybe you're paired up with somebody who's not that great or in a scene that's just not appropriate or B because that casting director is not there to actually find new talent. They're just there to collect a, a paycheck from the company that's putting the workshop on. So mm-hmm. this is a great resource. I, I'm going to bookmark it and then just cross check every workshop that comes up that I want to do with this list and yeah. see if it's worth spending my 30, 40 bucks on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have one a, more, a quick blog. I wanted to, to kind of pimp that, um, is part of a much larger ring of blogs is, uh, the simple com. It's a personal finance blog that is just one of probably a dozen or so really, really good personal finance blogs. And they're all about these guys or girls that have been basically had some rude awakening at some point in their life where they were really deep in debt and they needed to get out of it. And, um, you know, their life has fallen apart around them and they just kind of learn how to be frugal and like learn some really neat kind of savings tactics and we're able to kind of climb out of it. And now they write full time for these blogs and they're, they're doing quite well. So it's pretty cool. And a lot of these principles, personal finance principles can be applied to your acting career. So how so um, <clears throat> it's the same thing. I mean, you've got a lot of actors who are struggling for money, struggling mm-hmm. for, for day jobs, you know, that are flexible enough. So if you can work less and be smarter with your money, it's huge applications, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of little tips. Um, for a while, I actually experimented with writing a blog like that for actors. Um, and I, I eventually abandoned it because it's a lot of work writing a blog like every other day. Yeah. Kind of like um, putting out a podcast. <laughs> this podcast is a cakewalk oh, compared, compared to uh, writing a blog like that. Why do you say that? Because the blog posts have to be very instructional. Like people don't, if you look into, into advertising and things like that, people aren't going to read a blog post that's, that's a, a meandering conversation as sometimes these podcasts tend to be, <laughs> but they will read a, a podcast. We're or, totally busted. <laughs> they will read a, a blog post that's like, you know, five ways to save a hundred bucks this month, you know, that, that will grab them and have them read. And so it's, you've really got to do a lot of back end kind of structuring to, to write something like that a few times a week. I wanted to pinpoint a comment that we got on our website from a recent donor, Jamie Lynch. Um, She went to our Facebook page, and in the spirit of creating your own work, she wrote us a little tip. And anybody can go on the Facebook page and check this out, but I wanted to kind of read it here just so people have, um, you know, um, a reference for it on the podcast as well. Rock and roll. Um, So we're we're switching gears here a little bit, but she says, Hey guys, I have a, a writing tip that works for me that I'd like to share. You know how you tell that one story so much that you start to wonder if you're now retelling it to the same people? That is a great starting off point for writer's block. You obviously have thought about it a lot. Enough that your long-term memory has remembered the titillating details and enough that you are now likely editing the story to make it more interesting. Just do that on paper and keep it flowing once the real story has stopped. It works every time to muscle out writer's block. And that's a really neat kind of starting off point. Just take the stuff that you... There's a rule. There's a rule in writing that says write what you know. And that's exactly what that is. Write what you know and the stories you've been telling people. Man, that's inspiring. That makes you want to write. Yeah. I should also point out, I was listening to the Tony Rago's episode, the one that I did kind of solo. And I realized that the software that I was pimping, it probably sounded a little bit like we were paid to pimp that software. Writer's Dream Kit? Yeah. I was, ah. I'm was. i so enthusiastic about it. And on that podcast I was listening to, I was like, wow, it really sounds like someone paid me to do this. I just wanted to clarify that we will never accept, we, we will never like push a product that we're being paid for without 
full disclosure and and saying up front that this is a sponsor or we or we've been you know this is an advertisement or something like that i just want people to know that we're not selling out like that you know behind the scenes just wanted to make that clear because i don't if we can't lose the integrity of this podcast amen it's very important to both of us that's right all right then Should we roll into it? Yeah, man. This is the interview. So this is part two of uh, Trevor's interview with Tony Rago. Some really awesome stuff in this one. Um, yeah. Uh, enjoy. We're, we're kind of on the at the dawn of this internet video era. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's more and more people are watching stuff on mm-hmm. online. Oh, and yeah. More and more people are watching YouTube videos over major network produced TV shows and, yeah. and films and things like that. And I'm finding that people <clears throat> will universally forgive bad video quality and mediocre sound quality yeah. if it's a compelling story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, like, there's so many... I have met so many film students from UCLA and USC and things like that who are so focused on it's the lighting being perfect mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and the, the film ends up just being boring. Yeah. You, you know, it looks beautiful, but that only catches you for the first 20 seconds or so. It's a problem with a lot of student films. It's a problem oh, with think, a lot and, of student And I think films. with a lot of films in general, yeah, in films LA, in a lot general, of filmmakers yeah. focus on it's got to look amazing. Yeah. And they, the story takes a back seat. And all of a sudden, they're wondering why their film that they put so much effort into mm-hmm. isn't going anywhere. Yeah. And it, that's, a, that's a big problem. That's even, you yeah. know, you talk about Hollywood blockbusters that look oh, incredible. so many of them. Look incredible. You know, I... Uh, Personally, I'm not a big fan of the movies in the summer where everything blows up. Um, 2012. And, yeah, right. No, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't see that. And I didn't see it, but the, all by all accounts, it was amazing movie to behold. Yeah, but I don't know really what the story was. Except right. let's not get killed by the volcano and the falling building. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people go to those movies for the blow up. Sure, but nothing more. Nothing more. You know, it doesn't and, last with you. You forget about yeah, it. Yeah, and later. those people who go and see it, you know, you're right. It doesn't stick with them. You know. Uh, one of the guys who uh, I'm really, uh, you know, the filmmakers I like are Jim Jarmusch, uh, the Coen brothers, uh, uh, Wes Anderson, um, uh, um, Paul Thomas Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Noah Baumbach, who's got Greenberg opening up now. And sure. You know, it's all about character and story. Uh, and if you can just latch onto that, you can make these small little independent things. There's a, there's a thing coming out, uh, Paramount, you know, uh, in the 90s, you had the big indie explosion. Uh, and then all of those sort of got gobbled up by studio things. And it's hard to get an indie film any days uh, these days. Um, in that true sense of what like Tarantino and Soderbergh did in the, in the early days, which was they sort of make their own film and they get a little distribution. Now it's sort of like the, the indie is like a little subsect of a big studio and it still has a lot of money thrown at it and such like that. Noah Baumbach doing with focus features. Um, the real indie film now is like what you were saying, this whole democratic process of uh, anyone can grab an instrument and, and make a sure. film. Then it becomes distribution, you know? Um, Blair, I, I think I think of Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity exactly. as, as two people that just picked up a camera and started and filming. And did it. It did it, yeah. And, uh, and Paranormal Activity even more so because Blair Witch was back in the days when there was still sort of an indie scene. Yeah. Paranormal came out of nowhere. Yeah. And um, – the thing is you can't worry about that 
again, it's the same sort of thing of just do it. Don't worry about the obstacles. Don't worry about the money. Money will come or you will charge it or you'll make compromises and do it without money. Right. Uh, don't worry about the equipment. Uh, you know, you're either going to find people who throw equipment at you or you'll do with what you can, or it won't be the greatest thing. Also, don't worry about, you know, make a feature film. Don't worry about the distribution. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, people, people latch on to people who are just doing stuff. Yeah. And not only that, but what it can do is you can put it in a couple of note, you know, uh, 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 big name festivals, and people will see it and they'll come and talk to you. And at, at the very least, maybe that movie doesn't get shown in a wide release, but you might get a project based off of that movie. Sure. So what you always have to do is kind of keep it pure and do it for the process. Do it because this is a story you have to tell, uh, you know, and, and, and you love doing it. Do it, you know. Uh, <laughs> my mother sent me this card. And it was amazing. Uh, going along with the line we were talking about in terms of like the artist freak out um, with the whole, oh, my gosh, should I create, you know, the, the a, midlife a, crisis? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Should I have a normal life and have a home and all that? Or do I pursue what I want to do? And my mom sent me this card. And, you know, you struggle with that as an artist. But I, I got this card from my mom and I read it and I was like, oh, my God, this is it. And it said, you know, I was going I was walking down the path of life uh, wondering, wondering when it was all going to begin. Uh, knowing that I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that, but I just had to get over this obstacle or, or get beyond this turn in the road. Uh, and then my life would begin, uh, and, and I would be happy. And it wasn't until later on that I suddenly realized, no, this obstacle and this turn in the road, that is life. Mm. And that you're not walking towards happiness. You have to figure out how to make it happy walking. You know, happiness is not the destination. It's the journey. Yeah. And so what you have to do is you have to figure out how to enjoy what you're doing and don't worry about what it will get you. Just keep going. And believe me, if you do that, it's sort of like that old phrase, you know, do what you love and the money will follow. The money doesn't always follow. Or if the money does follow, it's like 10 bucks, (laughs) you know, but, (laughs) but if you still love what you do, that doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, you'll just keep making. And, and even if you end up doing it for yourself, that, that film Thursday that I, uh, that I told you about never really got shown because I ran out of money. I couldn't edit it. Bah, bah, bah. Mm-hmm. It it literally was eight years after making it that I was able to edit it. And I only showed it to some friends of mine. Yeah, but all the things you learned along but the all way. All the things I learned. And it oh. cost me probably about $5,000 to make that film wow. back in those days with the film. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of money. It's, you know, I could have had a lot of really nice things for $5,000. Yeah, yeah. uh, and, and to have a film that I showed on VHS to a couple of friends mm-hmm. as the result of that uh, still filled me with something great because it, I got this story out. I saw it completed. My friends laughed at it. They enjoyed it. Uh, and I learned a bunch from yeah, that. And your next film was going to be even better. And and even yeah. more so, not that I just learned a bunch, but also it gave me the confidence to do more. Yeah. So if it wasn't for Thursday, uh, I probably never would have made any of those other films. 
because I was, you know, it would have been stopped. Like you said, oh, I, I wouldn't, I, I'm afraid to throw myself off a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that reminds me, I, I told, I told you this story earlier this week, but um, Ed Burns came to speak at uh, yes. a previous job I had and there were tons of filmmakers that came and they were raising their hands and asking him these questions um, about this film that he had just written, produced, directed, acted in, like it was all his, his baby. Mm-hmm. And all these filmmakers are raising their hand. Uh, how do what do you, how do you deal with this obstacle? And what about the script? And, and if you only have this much you know money to put towards a camera, blah, blah, blah. And he got so frustrated with it. I was watching him after about five minutes, these questions, he goes, look, just make the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Just make the fucking movie. Stop making excuses. Yeah. And I never forgot that. I, I, <clears throat> whenever I'm thinking about getting my own work off the ground and I run up against these obstacles, I think to myself, just make the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make itself. And I'm going to be waiting forever well, I'm waiting for the right time. And, and a lot of what stops people, you know, even if they have the money, even if they have the resources, is perfection. You know, they want to make this movie that's going to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, that never happens. Like I said, you are, have the ideal, the dream of what this movie is. With Rimshot, we went beyond that. And that was weird. That hmm. doesn't happen. But even still, with some of the stuff in Rimshot, I look at it and I go, oh, we go that, the, oh, you know, there's the flaws. There's always going to be compromises. There's always going to be flaws in the film. It, you're always going to have obstacles. You're always going to have problems. That's no matter what level of movie making you are doing. That is a movie. It hmm. is like riding a bucking horse you know you, you, you just get on and you try and get you know yeah. into the middle of the ring and stay on for a minute i mean it's it's like that it's, except for the fact that you're doing it with a bunch of people who are also hanging on to that horse right, right. that's why i say do it with friends because they'll help you you're always going to run into problems uh, uh making a movie you know oh my gosh we, every day on set was this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. And you'd get through and you'd be exhausted. But because you love doing it, because it's something you want to do, you you have this drive to make you go forward. So when all those people are asking Ed Burns, you know, how do you get around this? How do you do that? Well, he's done that by making several movies and he knows how to get around these certain obstacles. But mm-hmm. still, I'll tell you, still Ed Burns runs into problems and he has to figure it out on the fly. And, and, and he just does. And it either works or it doesn't. Right. And and those people who it works for, sometimes they create a new way of making film because of that. The problems are beautiful because suddenly they really test your creativity. Mm. And you make up and you do things that are amazing. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, those are the good moments. Those are the things to enjoy. Sure. That's part of that happiness is the journey not the destination yeah you know that's what makes that's why you live love making movies making film making webisodes you know anything youtube all of that you can get a following you can get people i i had a, I had a friend uh his name is uh francis stokes he's made feature films he had an idea for a webisode this is back in the days when youtube was just beginning just out there uh, and it was basically this idea of having a uh, – uh, like The Office, which I think was just the British TV at that point. Mm-hmm. It hadn't yeah. even made its way into American. Um, like The Office, which is just sort of you know boring, sort of subtle office politics. Take that and he put it into heaven as if heaven was run by a corporation. <laughs> and he called it God Inc. God Incorporated, God Inc. And it was just s- small episodes. I think he had six four or five minutes long. And he wrote these little episodes, beautiful, beautiful writing. 
beginning, middle, and end. Again, it's all mm-hmm. about the story. Mm-hmm. He found this office building that he could shoot in over the weekend. Just one weekend. They're not in the offices. He went in with a bunch of friends. He filmed all six episodes and released them one a week on YouTube in the early days. And got so many hits that he started selling merchandise. He had the YouTube people call him. They were like, you're one of our early successes. Uh, the Sci-Fi Channel saw it and uh, offered him a deal to create a program at their network. And that? also bought God Inc. You know, then the writer strike came along and, and there was some hiccups after that. But this was all because this guy had a small little idea of people talking in a room. Uh, put a clever twist on it by putting it in heaven mm-hmm. and shot it on his little digital camera in an empty office building over the weekend and then just doled it out to the masses. And they loved it. And if you tell a good story, I tell you, people will follow. Now, a question, because we should probably uh, wrap up in just a yeah. minute here. But <clears throat> as far as telling a good story goes, yeah, I, I think uh, – on this podcast, we are huge advocates of all actors being writers mm-hmm. and all actors being filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I think you sh- nobody should be waiting around for to be cast in something. You should yes. just go out there and make your own stuff. I think that's that's the full uh, genesis of your artistry, mm-hmm. to, to put it in a very snobby-sounding kind of way. Um, <laughs> So, but but when it comes to a lot of that stuff, I know I, for one, am somewhat ignorant to the elements of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what a protagonist and an antagonist is. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been looking into these books and this writing software. I'm using a program called Writer's Dream Kit right now. And it's showing me how much I don't know mm-hmm. about writing an effective script. Effective yeah. meaning it tells a story and actually draws you in. Yeah. What do you use for that? Or do you just go off of instinct? Or are there books you can recommend? Well, um. I, when I was first starting to try and write, and I've written a couple of screenplays, um, I heard of, in fact, Ed Burns picking up Sid Field's book um, and uh, and reading that. And uh, he, Sid Field has a couple of different books, so I, I can't remember which one Ed Burns picked up, but I think it's called like screenwriting, and uh, or one of them is. Mm. And uh, so I picked up that, and I just read it. And it sort of told me, you know, what to do. It it really kind of tells you how to format it in a way. Right. Um, so what I started doing was just writing the treatment, which is just like writing a novel or a story, you know. And that's something I did too. I used I was a big reader, so I read a lot of novels. So I I just took this idea that I had and I wrote it out like it was a story, like a literal story that you would read to your kid when mm-hmm. they're going to bed, you know, so-and-so we, we, we see this, you know, a restaurant and so-and-so is having dinner with his wife and he's upset and he's, blah, blah. and then this happens and then he goes here and this happens and then he meets this person, blah, 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 blah. And if I would throw in a little bit of dialogue, I would throw in a little bit of dialogue, you know, uh-huh. but, uh, but basically I just told the story beginning to end. This is what I see. This is what happens. So just a sheet of paper and just yeah. explain the events of the story. Exactly. Exactly. And, then- and if there was dialogue that I thought was important in expressing how this story progresses, then I would add that. But other than that, I didn't even worry about the dialogue. Uh-huh. And then what I did was I broke down the outline. Okay, so if I want to tell this story, then this would be the first scene, uh, and then this would be the second scene, this would be the third scene. And I basically broke down the outline. Right. And then I took each one of those scenes and I said, all right, well, what, what has to happen in this scene? What are we learning? Uh, well, this is happening. All right. So she gets mad. They get in a fight, right? He cries. She cries. They leave. Okay. That's the first scene. That's what I got. Uh, second scene. He walks around outside. Uh, he sees a couple kissing. He's lonely, right? Okay. Boom. And it, and then what I did is I just sat down and I wrote that stuff. Uh, and I would try and at least have three to five pages for each scene. 
Okay. And that's all I said. Every day I was just going to write those three to five pages. That's not a lot. Uh, and uh, although, <laughs> you know, sometimes you're surprised how much that actually yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. But, but still, that wasn't a lot. And I knew that what I'd read was to really write effectively, write every day. So it was, I put a deadline on it, which is very important. Someone said this at the New Filmmakers uh, uh, Festival. Creativity needs a deadline hmm. because it's never done growing. It's never actually finished. So you have to put a deadline on it and say, well, this is where I'm stopping. I could probably add a bunch more to this, but I'm done now because I have to either finish this and move on to the next thing or mm-hmm. take the next step with what this is. Yeah. You um, have to make sure to, I mean, that's, that's a tricky thing for the, for me, especially because you have to think, okay, does it agree with my kind of internal sense of where this needs to be? Mm-hmm. It, it can be kind of uh, an amorphous gray line there. Sometimes you have to stop yourself. Sometimes mm. you have to stop yourself and just and say, this is as good as it's going to be for now. And for now. And that's the thing for now, move on to the yeah. next step. You know, there's a lot of times where I, did something, you know, with something and I was like, okay, uh, especially if you run into a moment where you're like lost, set it aside. Mm. Woody Allen, you know, great filmmaker, very proficient, uh, 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 prodigious is what I mean. He makes a film a year. Um, what he does is he writes down, he's got a drawer, he writes down ideas and throws them in the drawer. And so sometimes he'll pull out an idea that he wrote 20 years ago and go, oh yeah, and start to work on that. You know, save your ideas, especially with the iPhone now. They got that. Uh, it's great. The little notes thing. Every time sure. I have an idea, boom, 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 boom. I put it in the notes on my mm-hmm. phone. It's always with me. And you can forget about it. You're, you don't have to clog up your brain no. trying to remember. There, that it's there. Thing Write it down. Would, yeah. Write down your dreams. I was telling you this the other uh-huh. day. Write down your dreams. Yeah. So much of that will grow into something. With this idea I had for my first screenplay, I probably had that running around in my head for two years before I even started to write. Um, and little bits and pieces of it, little scenes, I would see them in my mind. They weren't connected, but I knew, oh, this is part of that story. And then when I sat down, I would write those scenes or put those scenes in and fill them in. You know, you, you kind of got to know where you're going to start. You kind of got to know where you want to go and you kind of got to know where you want to end. And then mm-hmm. just try and, you know, connect the dots right. and write a little bit and write a little bit and write a little bit. And then you go back and you look at that scene and you go, all right, probably by the end of your film, your writing is going to be a lot better than the beginning. So you go back and you go, sure. oh, look, I've learned how to do this. Oh, look, at it's easy. You read through it and you go, oh, that's, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound right at all. Well, as soon as you know, you know, a lot of people too, I say, write, write the first thing. Just get it out because then when you read it, you're going to go, oh, now I know how to fix it. Right. You know, rather than sitting there going, no, 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 I'm not going to write that because that's not really how I want it to be. It's got to be perfect. Forget about perfect. You're never going to hit perfect again. So write the first one. You'll read it and go, oh, that doesn't, that's, that's terrible. Now I know what the fix needs to be and you'll fix it and you'll probably fix it 18 times. Uh, again, like the, you say, well, when do you stop? You know what I mean? Well, stop when you got most of it good or it's time to move on right and you'll, you'll probably you'll have an internal barometer that's you, a measurement for you that. will or if you're one of those people who never i know a guy oh my gosh he took like a year to edit his film and mm. finally we said dude you're done you're done <laughs> there's nothing more that you're gonna do to to make it just let it out there yeah. maybe you can come back to it someday but for now you got to move on to the next thing because again it's going to take several projects before you're hitting on all cylinders. So let this one go. It didn't quite yeah. make it. Let this one go. And you might as well mimic what it's going to be like when you do start working for, for money. Right. You know, because these, <laughs> yeah. ma- these studios are going to have deadlines oh, yeah. that are going to be a lot scarier than any deadline oh, you could set and, yourself. And, and, so get used to working like yeah, that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You just got to go. You just got to keep yeah. moving, keep going forward, keep 
keep progressing. That's great. Now we, we've got to wrap it up, but I always like to end these, these kind of conversations with, uh, the same question. Okay. If you could pick one little nugget of advice or one thing that you could say to, uh, an actor that's maybe thinking about starting, you know, getting started really in any facet, cause we've covered a lot of ground today. Mm-hmm. Um, what would that one little nugget of advice be? Mm. It's kind of like the Desert Island question. If you had to pick one album to be on a Desert Island with. The one piece of advice I would give to an actor, whether they're starting acting, whether they're starting writing, whether they're starting making their own projects, would be do it because it makes you feel good, not for the results. You know, acting is tough. You get into acting, there's no guarantee you're ever going to work. All right. I work at an acting studio. I see people move from Ohio saying, I want to be an actor. And six months later, they're like, I never booked a job. I'm moving back home. Mm. Well, how bad did you want to be an actor then? You gave it six months and it takes 10 years generally, you know? So at the least, yeah. So if, if someone calls me and says, Hey, I'm thinking of moving out to LA. What advice do you have? I tell them, uh, move out here. If you'll be happy, never working Mm. because then you really want to do it. Just be, enjoy the process of it because even making your own films, writing your own scripts, it's going to be several before you're really doing it the way you wanted to when you first started out. So you better enjoy that process because it's going to be frustrating. There's going to be obstacles, but if you enjoy doing it, then you'll keep doing it mm-hmm. no matter what. Uh, and, and really that's the important thing. If, if you, need the success, if you need the fame, if you need to make the perfect movie now, well, uh, you know, good luck. luck. I'm not going to stop you, but uh, I would caution against that. There are people who who do that, but they're they're rare. Most of us fall flat on our face and have to pick ourselves up again. And sometimes beginner luck does fall in. And so those people who do hit the home run on the first up to bat, you know, Mm. the next up, they strike out and all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, now what happened to me? You know, right. I'm the home Did run hitter. It? Yeah. yeah, I'm the home run hitter. Well, if you enjoy the process, it won't matter if you're the home run hitter. You'll just enjoy grabbing the bat. Mm. That's great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fantastic. I, I wow, <laughs> what a wealth of information. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to break this up into two uh, a oh, two part interview. Well, great. Good. But uh, Tony, thank you so much for hey. being here and taking the time thank to, you. to talk thank to us you. about this. If people want to learn more about you or Rimshot or anything that's kind of going on with you, where, where can they go? Where can they go? You know, um, I'm in the process of putting together a website. Uh, cool. I own net. All right. So someday that uh, net will be built. Um, <laughs> I think I have to jump first. Uh, and uh, so that would be a good place. Other than that, you know, um, on YouTube, I have a channel, which is uh, T-Rego118. Uh, very uh, uh, <laughs> hard to find, but nevertheless, that's where I throw a lot of my stuff up. And you'll okay. see some of those films, Thursday Underwear, um, the films that I've made uh, great. there. Yeah, Cool. We'll have links to that, all that information on the website, too. So, perfect. Um, great. Thanks again, Tony. Hey, thank you. And we'll be back in a sec, guys. Alright guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Tony. That was part two of two on creating your own work. 
that was uh that was awesome i re- <laughs> i really like listening to him because he's just so like he seems like just uh, he's this funny guy like hanging out yeah, and like totally. he's, i want to know trip. i want to know where he got five grand you know in the first place it's you know? <laughs> a good question i he, probably should have asked him how he, he like that money. he like liquid he was like it was just gone i was like wait what how did that happen <laughs> right unbelievable right, right. um so, cool. so something something funny happened while we were listening to the interview i mentioned to trevor that i recorded last week's episode and this week's episode as albert meyer Who's Albert Meyer? Uh, that's my name, man. That's my name. Uh, very weird. Very, very strange that I... Well, I mean, I guess I could... <laughs> I should just really quickly... Quick anecdote. Uh, I have been going to auditions and stumbling. I, it's weird. I don't like, know if there's some kind of like exercise that I can do where I just repeat my name over and over and over again or something. But I've been going to auditions and they go, and people are like... You know, you know, what's your name or whatever, and I'll go uh, uh, AJ. <laughs> yeah, like I start yeah. to say it and then I swallow it. Um, so it's been it's been bizarre, and obviously I have not made it a habit yet. Um, yeah. So I still. I feel like if, if you're going to change your name, and you're not really changing it, you're just abbreviating it because your middle name is John, right? So right. you're just going by your first initials. But I feel like if you're going to do something like that. You just need to do it across the board, or else you're gonna your brain's gonna get yeah, so mixed up. Yeah, my brain's up. gonna get fried. I know. Yeah. Well, I've been, it's it's hard too. I've been changing it. Like, you know, I had to get the new domain name, a new email address, a new, um, you know, change my headshots, change my resume, change, um, you know, even my Facebook fan page. If any if any of you are fans of us on Facebook, you've seen my fan page on our fan page, and it's it's Albert. I have, to, I have to delete that. You can't change the names on oh, Facebook. Really? I, have can't? To, I have to delete that like entirely. I have to delete it. It has wow. to go away. So anyway, just wow, bizarre. And I realized it when we were listening to Tony's um, interview. Anyway, more on that huh. later. <laughs> cool. Cool. All right. Well, Albert and I have shows to get to. So we will uh, end this episode for this week. Was it 19? Episode 19? This is episode 19. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so thanks for listening. Stick around for uh, episode 20 with uh, our interview with the working actress. Yep. My name is AJ <laughs> My name is Trevor Guy. You guys know how to get a hold of us, and you certainly know uh, how you can support us. Yes, and you know what I'm talking about. Donate button on our yeah. website is, is what he's talking about. All right. Cool. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Yeah.